Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of the Health and Money Podcast. My name is Ted Stefano, and today we're going to continue with our read-through of Downsize Sooner Than Later, 18 Rules for Retirement Success. We're on Rule 16, and the title of this rule is Overflow with Meaning, and let's just jump right in. So page 119, Rule 16, Overflow, Overflow with Meaning. Life is uncertain, and who can say whether he or she will even make it to tomorrow? Given this fact, living well at all ages is virtuous, as any day can be one's last. But beyond the importance of elevating the present, there is also the opposite concern. Life can last much longer than one expects. Senior years in retirement often represent a significant portion of a person's total life, for many, much as a third of their lives. This is far too much time to leave to chance and idleness. Just as it would be a shame to die young without fully living, it is similarly unfortunate and a serious disappointment for those who experience it to live a substantial portion of later life adrift with the absence of significant goals, purpose, or enduring pursuits of personal value. One of several risks of unfocused living, as alluded to in the last rule, is who knows what fills the empty time. Rest assured, something will fill the space. The question is what? Cable news is a bullet list. Cable news, chronic complaining and overfixation on health, constant worry and anxiety about money, binge watching television reruns, continual outrage and anxiety about politics, paralyzing obsession with the glory days of the past, addiction to sensational news media, addiction to social media, web surfing, internet porn, addiction to casino, slot machine gambling. Shake your head at some of these possibilities, but I can easily predict everyone reading these words or listening to them at least knows at least one person who has fallen prey to one or more of these traps in later life. I'm reminded of the wise saying, the idle mind is the devil's playground. This warning applies not only to youth, but to any age. Given this reality, what can one do to avoid such pitfalls and turn such a potentially challenging difficulty into an opportunity for greater strength? The pursuit of meaning. Experts in human psychology generally agree that identifying and pursuing meaning is essential for living well. Meaning relates to the purpose or the why for living. It is the wellspring of the willingness to face each day with new energy and direction. The idea that retirement is somehow exclusively a carefree space, free of difficulty, is folly. Life is life, and its challenges continue, perhaps even especially in older age. When the big challenges inevitably appear, will you be mentally stronger or weaker? Drifting and unfocused living is corrosive to one's strength. To engender fortitude and optimal mental health for the road ahead, a meaningful purpose for living is vital. Friedrich Nietzsche observed, he who has a why to live can bear almost any how. What can you do to deliberately establish and maintain a meaningful purpose for living during retirement? What is meaning as it relates to your life? How would you know it when you see it? Where can you look to find it? Below are several clues to help characterize and identify meaning, along with one major secret to help uncover and amplify an abundance of meaning in your life. Clue one, meaning precedes feelings of fulfillment. Just as a horse must be in front of a cart to pull it, true feelings of fulfillment require meaningful action to occur before feelings of fulfillment can be manifest. Expressed as a formula, it looks like this. Meaningful action plus reflection equals fulfillment. Meaningful action may occur along a broad spectrum from extensive physical activity, such as work, exercise, or volunteering, to extensive mental activity, such as speaking, writing, teaching, consulting, or the decision to bear a particular burden in an exemplary way. Such actions, once taken and reflected upon, produce the positive feelings that create motivating and sustaining energy. Reflection to generate feelings of fulfillment can occur by setting aside time to reflect, such as journaling, meditating, or simply stopping to think back on each day 
or intuitively, moment by moment, as a matter of course. Consider the following two examples. Jane is financially set, guaranteed income for life, adequate insurance, emergency fund, investments in place, and positioned to grow undisturbed. She enjoys spending time with her great-granddaughter, Lily. Two days a week, she watches Lily during the day while her grandson and granddaughter-in-law are at work. Jane and Lily read stories, play games, take strolls in the local park, and have lunch together. At the end of these days, Jane is tired, but she has a very enjoyable time. Thinking back on it, she is thrilled that she and Lily can be an important part of each other's lives. She knows that she is helping Lily grow and experience life in a special and unique way. With these positive feelings in mind, Jane stays energized and inspired to continue this highly rewarding activity. Albert, after visiting the doctor for a moderate but recurring abdominal pain, was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer of the Steve Jobs variety. This diagnosis came out of nowhere and was a complete shock to him and everyone close to him. Based on the cancer stage of diagnosis, he was given an estimate of 12 to 18 months to live. Family members never knew exactly how to talk to Albert about his illness. To protect those closest to him, Albert made a deliberate decision to limit discussions that focused on his difficulties. During his remaining time, Albert worked painstakingly to set his affairs in order. He made the decision to take on renovating several rooms in his home, paying remarkable attention to detail, preparing it to be a comfortable refuge for his family in the years after he would be gone. In the process, Albert left a legacy of how to heroically face the close of life with dignity and strength. In the end, it took nearly five years for the cancer to finally claim Albert's life. While impossible to prove empirically, his meaningful effort to finish strong and elevate concern for those closest to him may have bought him some extra time. Regardless, he left a legacy of courage and character that those closest to him will not forget. Clue two, meaning must be specific to the individual. Generalizations about actions people might take to establish meaning in their lives are difficult to make. This is because meaning requires a custom fit. It doesn't work for someone to say that taking specific action X or Y will always be meaningful to every person. People can offer suggestions and share what may seem meaningful to them, and they may get close to describing something that may appear meaningful to you, but in the end, you must decide. For example, Joan is thrilled about realizing her dream of bottle feeding puppies and kittens when she retires. This seems meaningful to Joan, but others may find such a pursuit as possessing significantly less meaning. It follows that any answer to the general question, what is the meaning of life, or what should a person do to achieve meaning in life, will only be valid based on how it aligns with the values and inclinations of the individual asking the question. Clue three, passion is not meaning. People are often given the advice, follow your passion, as a directive for identifying or establishing meaning in their lives. However, such advice, if you try to follow it, can be difficult and confusing. The reason this happens is because passion, like fulfillment, is a byproduct of first engaging in meaningful action. Pele is passionate about football because he has worked very hard and accumulated a track record of success and fulfillment from playing the game. However, had he fallen short in his early career and derived no ongoing joy from football, he may never have developed the same momentum. His initial actions, risky, uncertain, and independent of his pre-existing talent, were necessary pre-steps to developing the passion he enjoys today. Initiating a search for meaning in one's life from a starting point of passion puts the cart before the horse. This is not to suggest that passion isn't valuable. Passion can be a useful sustaining force that helps support creative capacity and ongoing meaning, but it is not a creative force in and of itself. To help prove this point, try the following experiment. The next time your spouse or partner asks what he or she should make for dinner, assuming it's not your night to cook, Try answering with only something that tastes amazing. 
chances are your partner will respond with, like what? And you will soon discover that positioning a byproduct to serve as a starting point just doesn't work. Clue four, the pursuit of meaning is fortifying. As mentioned in the anonymous but real life story of Albert earlier, his sense of purpose and meaning provided a means of sustenance during extreme difficulty. His will to live with dignity and his desire to protect and provide for his family gave him a clear purpose for living. This purpose fueled him to battle through years of difficult cancer treatments to complete demanding tasks of importance and to live more fully. Thinking back on it, it is amazing to remember how post-diagnosis he continued to live with such vigor. He went on trips, attended concerts, attended sporting events, spent extensive time with family, friends, and attended his children's activities with full zeal. I even remember playing golf with him about six months before he died. He was still striping the ball even then, and we had a fantastic time together. To this day, it brings tears to remember my last fist bump with Albert, later dude, just days before he died. But even on that day, he remained his uncompromising self, burning with fire for life. Albert exemplified the essence of Nietzsche's charge to possess a strong and meaningful why. Such possession engenders the strength required to power forward even in the most difficult of times. The secret to finding meaning. Given the characteristics of meaning that we have discussed and the fact that pursuing passion as a means of its discovery falls short of the mark, what is a practical pathway for identifying meaning in one's life? The method I am going to suggest is uncomplicated yet capable of producing an abundance of meaningful options from which to choose. It hinges on answering the following question. What is something only you can do? Take a moment to try and answer. If you're frustrated at first, no worries. An initial measure of frustration seems to sharpen the impact once the underlying simplicity of the question is revealed. Notice that this question does not seek a singular one thing that only you can do. It is more like asking, what is something you can eat for breakfast? As such, a variety of answers will suffice. The question is also not about skills per se. If it was, most would conclude that there isn't much only they can do. Are you a scratch golfer? Well, many people can do that. Are you good at drawing or painting? There are a lot of accomplished artists and painters. Do you play the piano well? Same story. Even little kids can be great piano players. Focusing on undifferentiated skills throws the question off and steers it away from its intended target. However, by narrowing the focus from skills in and of themselves to the application of those skills, a completely different landscape of meaning emerges. Others may play the piano, perhaps even more skillfully than you, but only you play the piano the way you do. Only you can bring to the application of your skills the broad base of your personal experience and perspective. If on a surface level your skills, when compared to others, appear similar or even deficient, your application of those skills remains decidedly unique. Roles and proximity. In addition to the idea of uniqueness in application of skills are the ideas of uniqueness in roles and proximity. Roles are your distinct position in family or other social spheres. Examples of roles include, you are the only husband to or wife to your spouse. You are the only mother or father to your child. You are the only grandparent of your kind to your grandchildren, mom's mom, dad's mom, mom's dad, etc. You are the only brother or sister of your kind to your sibling, older brother, little brother, youngest brother, etc. You are the only child of your kind to your parents, daughter, son, first child, middle child, third child, youngest child, etc. You are the only master of your kind to your pet. Proximity reflects the distance, physical or relative, between you and your aim. Things in closer proximity generally offer more fertile pathways to meaning. 
The simplest manifestation of proximity is physical distance. Say you want to tutor disadvantaged kids to help improve their math skills. It will generally be easier to do so locally versus attempting to do so in a faraway city or state. Other distances are more relative in nature. Say you want to mentor professionals during retirement and you were a cardiologist during your career. You may find it more conducive to mentor physicians versus architects or engineers because the physicians more closely match the experience with which you are closest to and most familiar. By surveying a combination of your applied skills, roles, and proximities, it is highly likely you will find several opportunities to pursue meaning. Many of these will represent areas that only you can impact. So much so that without your stepping forward, such opportunities will remain absent from realization in the universe for all time. A few examples. Frank is a retired nurse and a considerable handyman due to decades of developing personal skills in home improvement and repair. Frank also happens to live in the same city as his older sister Joan, who is recently widowed and living alone. On weekends, Frank stops by to help Joan with odd jobs around the house. As a result, Frank gets to work on satisfying projects he enjoys while also being a big help to his older sister. The quality time they spend together has enabled the two of them to achieve a much closer and more meaningful relationship. Alejandro is a retired manager from a large company involved in chemical manufacturing. During his 35 plus year career, he helped supervise the execution of several multi-million dollar building projects. This makes him very familiar with the ins and outs of commercial construction and complex project planning. Through a personal connection, Alejandro was invited to serve on a building committee for a local nonprofit health clinic with plans to expand. Bringing his considerable knowledge and experience to the table, Alejandro helped the nonprofit build better quality facilities, finish projects sooner, and save money. He finds helping in this way highly rewarding, good for the community, and is glad to make a real difference. The pursuit of meaning never stops. Once you have identified areas in which to pursue meaningful action in the near term, don't stop there. Plan to continue doing so indefinitely. Don't think, well, I can do these things now, but only till about age 80. After that, it won't matter because I probably won't be able to do so or be around much longer. Such thinking is short-sighted. For all you know, you may live into your mid-90s. That is 15 more years. Do you remember how much living you did between preschool and graduation from high school? Would you allow an equivalent amount of time to be lost to drifting without plans or purpose? The reality is the pursuit of meaning and its manifestation in meaningful action should never consciously conclude. Consider Albert's discovery that his end was near. He had every justification to decouple and withdraw from life. Yet did he do so? Did he surrender his remaining days to hopelessness and wandering in despair? Not even close. He pulled himself together after the initial shock, regained his footing, and, until his body finally denied him, showed those closest to him what it looks like to stand heroically in the face of adversity. His extraordinary why afforded him with meaning and purpose during the most devastating conditions of how. Okay, that's the end of that chapter. So let's go back and talk about some highlights. So the first point that's really, that stands out is this idea of in the absence of a plan, the empty space will get filled somehow. And as we talked about in the Protect Your Mind chapter, the idea that these empty spaces can be filled with just about anything um, is a concern, right? Because if you, you don't want them to fill in with, I'll just pick on media, for example, because you, you see this a lot, where people get obsessed with the media and politics and just negativity about, oh, the past is crumbling and I'm kind of the 
well, for that kind of the curmudgeon state where everything's changing and it's changing for the worse and, and, and it just highlights this sort of constant storm or storm clouds of anxiety just kind of ro rolling all the time. And so you see this in people where they just, they're looking at negative information, oftentimes programmed by younger people. I'm going to pick on the younger people, but I mean they're programmed in order to, to get the clickbait attention, to bring seniors into, to get eyes on their content and to basically just sell advertisements and products to older people, but they'll use, they'll use this manipulating force to be able to just highlight the worries and the fears and the concerns that people might have. And if you wander into that space, you know, and, and today there, there's actually a, a, a good Netflix special called Social Dilemma. It's one of their most watched uh, shows. Maybe you've seen it where they talk about how in, in modern media today, as you click through things, it kind of tends to learn about you and, and serve up things that are more related to what you clicked on before. And as, and as Lisa's outlined in that documentary, it wasn't really a nefarious idea, okay? And I'm not sure that it really even is now. It just people have just noticed that there's a nefarious or accidental nefarious nature to this where people can kind of run into a rabbit hole where they um, keep seeing reinforcing information or more information about just this, you know, just going down a, a line of thinking or reasoning that can, that can end up in not the best place, let's say. So this kind of brings to mind the idea, the obvious point that you got to watch your inputs, right? So that I don't, I don't want to turn that news on in the background and have it playing all day long, especially cranked up because I can't hear it, right, as well. Um, because that just, it's it's like you're, you're, just, you're just programming yourself negatively. So it's like, okay, we know we don't want to do that. We know we don't want to let these empty spaces or the open space or the open possibility, which is exciting, right? And being like, oh, I'm free. I can do what I want to do. Uh, I don't want to have those things filled with things that are going to be negative, right? Or, or in as we say in this chapter, when we I talk about like, you're really highlighting the idea that are you going to be strengthened in the future or are you going to be weakened? Like to the degree that you can allow inputs to strengthen you or program inputs to be like strengthening and empowering, that's that's better than saying, well, I didn't really think about it and I let myself fall into this space. Now I'm like really negative over here and upset and um, just unhappy and, and I'm not fortified, right? Because I just, it, because it's just the wind changed direction and I ended up in a space I didn't want to be in. So, so we say, all right, well, so we've got the open space in front of us. What programmatically can we do? Like, what, what should we do? Like, what's, what's a good thing to do? And, and it's just, you know, and I, I, this is not a book on psychology uh, per se, because you can just, you, you could just read book after book on, on meaning. And just there's so much to it. But I just want to suggest the idea that think about meaning. What, what would be meaningful? What, what, what could you do over the next 10, 15 years that if you were, if you were out there in the future looking back, you could say to yourself, well, yeah, I'm glad I did that. I'm proud of that. I mean, that was a good thing to do. Or, and, and it may be that you set, a, to set the sail in the beginning and then you have to adjust course as you go. And that's okay. I'm adjusting course right now. I mean, even with this, this podcast, I have a couple of podcasts that I do and I'm, I'm changing some course in my life right now. And, and that's okay. But as long as the, as long as the kind of the, the, the wish upon the star, the, the forward, the forward-looking uh, force uh, is that I'm trying to do something positive and meaningful, and and I'm trying to uh, be deliberate about how I'm how I'm living. So, as this chapter plays out here, I go through these clues about meaning, and I think something that I really wanted to point out was that sort of this order of operations. I mean, especially in terms of like the byproduct feelings. So, how do I get to feelings of fulfillment? Right? How do I find passion? How do I? fortify myself for the for the road ahead and all of these things uh it just you can't look for the byproduct without the the preceding action right you can't get the result without the work first and so meaningful action 
plus reflection equals fulfillment, right? So you do something meaningful and you, the feeling of fulfillment comes from looking back on it. I mean, I can't be fulfilled about an action that I'm going to take uh, really prior to taking it. I mean, you can a little bit. You can sort of, in anticipation of that action, I think a really good point in the motivational space was um, that Earl Nightingale guy, he said uh, that success was the progressive achievement of a worthy goal. So in, in his formula, a beautiful thing is that I can have a plan for meaning, for something I want to do that's worthwhile, that means something to me. I don't even have to achieve it. I can just start doing it and I'll immediately start feeling better. Like, oh, this is great. You know what I mean? You'll get the feeling, right? And when you feel like you're on the on the pathway, one of the wonderful you know things about being human is that it, it is possible to feel better, feel good, feel energized and sustained uh, just because you've set foot on the path. So, but you have to actually take action. You actually have to have decide. You have to actually put yourself in the, on that on that path and start move, moving. And then and then immediately, the, the the complexion of the skies can change from cloudy to, to blue skies. Um, and you can feel like you're almost as if you've achieved the goal, but you're not quite there yet. But you feel confident that you're on the path toward it. So that that yields some positive feelings. So so meaningful action plus reflection provides fulfillment. So g- given that that's the case. And another factor is that it's, well, someone could pick something to say, well, it's meaningful to do X or Y. Um, and they may get lucky, right, and have it match other people. But there's an element of this where it's really personalized, where it's specific to the, the, the individual person. Uh, it's just very difficult to dispense, sort of do this and you'll feel meaning advice. Um, you have to actually, you actually have to, it has to be custom built for the person who is trying to make these decisions and trying to, trying to orient themselves in this way. Um, so... That's okay though. That's actually really good news in one sense because it's like, hey, the the good news is that it's really up to you. It's, you know, what I mean, nobody's telling you what to do. You're free to make a decision, and you're. It, but sometimes the, that freedom has a responsibility that can feel heavy to people. But uh, I think you know, at this point, I'd say, you know, hey, it's gonna be personalized, and that's okay, right? I mean, you're gonna have better luck looking for things that are about you. What what are things that are important to you? I mean, because it's really what you want is we we want to find out what what means the most to you and what's what's of highest value to you. So that you can go ahead and carry that forward, and you know, throughout throughout the rest of your life. So um, then the other the other condition, I mean, these these pieces kind of come together loosely, but I mean, they're all a factor in the equation. But this idea of passion, and I really just wanted to dispel the notion that you know, follow your passion. It's like okay, well, I mean, one sense is as a person looks at retirement, they have one advantage in that you have lived your life. You have the you have the chance to look back and say, well, what did I do in my life that I thought was great, or what have I been doing that I'm like, oh man, I just I don't want to do that anymore. And it's just so I can shed one thing, right? And then I can, but I can look for the things that, that where I can, in my past history or experiences, they're like, you know, I really enjoyed when I did that. I, I didn't mean to pick on the lady with the bottle feeding the puppies and kittens, but I mean, it's like, if that means something to her and makes her feel right and, you know, helps her feel like she's doing something good for the world and it gives her peace and joy and feels mean, she feels meaning from that, well, then you know what? Go for it, right? It's just, it's not, uh, I'm not saying, you know, bring world peace about you know immediately overnight or some kind of thing we're not I'm not looking for um, I'm not judging I don't think it's appropriate to judge the the potency of the meaning or the experience based on some sort of societal norm I think it has to be personal and, and in the world you know maybe that lady with the puppies and the kittens is fine some way maybe it makes a difference maybe it I don't know maybe it not only helps those animals but somehow helps the community and the people who come to the shelter and she becomes a person who you know impacts people in a positive way, and I mean, it's just there's so many possibilities for even the smallest thing 
to be to have a positive ripple effect, I think it's it's okay, and I, and I, and I just think it's it's um, having it based on the individual perspective is just the right way to look at it. And then finally, in terms of the clues to pers- to finding meaning or pursuing meaning or you know identifying where meaning might might live, it you know this is really more of a kind of in your in the process of like you you've got a plan, you're looking forward, you know like hey, I'm going to do this thing, this is important to me. It is useful to realize or notice that meaning the pursuit of meaning is fortifying so when we talk about the the person who starts on the journey towards success who feels it immediately this is sort of a just a shadow of that or a different manifestation of it but the fortif- the fortifying element of it is that it's sustaining right and this is Nietzsche's thing where it says you know anybody who has enough why the right amount of why can live with almost any how it says well how how does it, like what does that look like or what is what is he saying there it's it's that that pursuit of meaning is so powerful that it even enables people to live through the most difficult circumstances. And my example here of Albert in the story, who, as a relatively young person, uh, was diagnosed with this pancreatic cancer. I mean, he, you think about like what that would mean to a person with a, with a family. I mean, you really kind of, once you've got that diagnosis, you're sort of, you're sort of brought to a crossroads uh, where you're going to decide how you're going to react to it. Right? What's the quality of my life going to be from here? What am I going to do with my life from here? I mean, and it's, you know, I think a lot of people would look at him and say it's per- perfectly reasonable to go, wow, man, that is such a bad news or such a difficult thing. It's like you could understand that a person would kind of like, kind of fold up under those circumstances that that, that that could happen and who would really blame that person? Or, you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not even looking for a reason to, to, to feel negative about it. I'm just saying it's, it's, a, it's certainly on the drop down list that someone could say, hey, man, this is really terrible and just sort of disconnect. But the person has a choice. In Albert's case, uh, he he really, uh, you know, I mean, obviously there were dark days, and we finally, was, you know, he's learning about it, and it was really painful and uncertain, and just all this stuff was just very, very difficult. Um, but once he got through that sta- that stage or that phase, he just I mean, he made a decision about, well, what time do I have left? What do I care about? I care. I love my people. I love my family, my my wife and my kids, and. I'm going to do whatever I can to try to like leave my mark and help them out and you know do what do what would be good for them. What what could I do with the with the remaining time? So he got his affairs in order and he just took on all these projects and did these things that were like remarkable for a guy who at the same time was going through you know cancer therapy um, when it started things started to really get sort of toward the latter stages of this. Some of the experimental therapy was was causing him difficulty in other ways with side effects. But man, he just he just powered right through it. I, I don't know what to say. It's like it was absolutely amazing and inspirational. I mean, for those of us who, who knew him, it was just like, I mean, I, I just look at his situation and I'm like, man, if that were ever to happen to me, God, I hope I could do half as good as he did. Stepping up and, and just, just putting my energy into the places that mean the most. And, and just, I mean, the guy just battled the whole damn way. And uh, in the end, I mean, just became an inspiration to, to the people who saw this closely. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm just blown away by it. But it was really... If you think about it, it was just there was a there was some conscious choice in there, right? He was facing these difficulties, but he but he he pursued them in a way in a way that that brought meaning and that sustained him, and then also inspired everybody else. I mean, this is a tough road, but you know, we, we only get this one life. It's like, what are we going to do with it? I mean, to the degree that we can have a positive impact, show strength, show show the the potential of the human will, uh, character. Um, that's a pretty cool thing and, and meaningful and it's valuable to others and it's what moves the humans forward and uh, I tell you man Albert really he turned it in he's just uh, he was um, just inspiration to, to, to everybody who, who could see his, 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 the, the circumstances so then I just want to touch on this last part with this, this idea of, of sort of the cheat code to, to, to meaning um, in the sense of 
really what down boils down to, to the idea of the, the personalization element of it. So if I say, well, meaning is, 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 is subject to the its application to the individual, right? So each person has their own path. So if we unbundle that a little bit, we do find some secrets, right? Or some shortcuts, if you will, uh, to meaning in the sense that, and, and I, I really like this question, and it's confusing at first, but if you hang in there with it, you see it. It's what is something only you can do, right? That doesn't mean I'm the only person who can be the best piano player in the world. But what's something that only I can do is play the piano the way I play the piano, right? And so uh, it's, you know, again, it's way beyond the scope of the chapter, but one of the amazing things that happens in human life is where people combine different skills. So and Scott Adams talks about this a lot. He's like, hey, I'm, I'm not the best comedy writer. I'm not the best artist, you know, but my combination of art and the comedy that I do have creates Dilbert. And so if you look at it, he, when he points it out himself, he's like, look at my artwork. I mean, it's decent. It, it's communicating the message, but it's not like, you know, rem it's like, why would this guy be get, making millions because of his artwork? It's like, no, it's the combination of the, the, the comedy writing on the level that he has it. He possesses it, the combination and w with the art skills that he has, and also with his corporate experience, where he could look at like what it's like to work in a big company and kind of kind of point out some of the absurdities and and do it in an interesting and entertaining way. So you you have these three relatively, I mean, in his own words, kind of mediocre skills, but when you combine them, all of a sudden, you know, presto, there's this magic moment that happens where you don't have to be best at every single thing you do. You can be pretty good at a few things, combine them in a unique way, and all of a sudden, you've created something very powerful. So, so here I'm really suggesting the same idea. Um, I mean, it's possible even do sort of an inventory of your skills, and I mean, there's there's some life coaching stuff that could go along with this. But in very simple terms, like when you think about what's something only you can do, well, well obviously, well, I'm 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 the only uh, parent to my kids, and I'm I'm the, I'm the only father to my kids. So how can I be a good father? I, what can I do to strengthen my relationship with the people that are closest to me? I'm I'm the only husband, you know, that my wife has. And I'm hoping that stays the same. Um, so how can I be a good husband? How can I, how can I fulfill in a deep and positive way and the best, my, put my best effort into to, to, to playing out the roles I'm currently in, right? I'm a member of my community. So if I care about politics, it's like, ah, quit shouting about the world. Maybe just go, to, go join your local central committee for whatever party you're in. You know, make, take action in a local level or close by or something where it's, where it's like you're the only person, you're, you know, or you're one of the only people living in this area. So it's like you have a unique possibility or responsibility to be able to fulfill a local role, right? So something only I can do is just the application of my skills, background, and experience uh, in whatever topic area I'm, I, you know, that I'm focusing on. Now, this, this concept of roles and as proximity, I mean, when you call it out, so, so I'm the only husband or I'm the only, I'm the only master to my dog, it's, it's like that dog's only got one master right now, and that's me. So I better be nice. I better let him out. I better, you know what I mean? It's time when, I, when he needs a pat on the head, I got to give him the pat on the head. I got to try to go out of my way to be as good a master as I can. And in doing so, there's just, this is just a target-rich environment for, for meaning. So roles, right, that you play. Proximity is a factor just because it's just, I only mentioned proximity, but you could change the world. Why not? Go for it. Have, bring world peace about it, right? right? Let, let, them, let them hear you outside. But I mean, in terms of proximity, I'm just, I'm just noting the fact that closer local, right? The guy who's the surgeon, he says, well, I'm going to help people run their practices. It's like, well, you, you, you're going to have probably more impact or the, a more target-rich environment if you were to look at other physicians to mentor rather than going out and saying, well, I'm going to mentor auto body shops. 
because my experience is related to this other area. Now, now I will say, if you hated being a physician, right, or you're tired of it, you're like, oh man, I just I can't do that anymore. You know, I think it's okay to let go, right, of things that are that have been like that was a that was a heavy weight I lifted my whole life, but I'm gonna let it go for now. It may be that you let it go for a while, get some peace, right, settle, and you may look back on it and go, you know. I, I didn't mind this element. Like I'm in the insurance business, but I mean, I really the, the what where I developed passion right after my meaningful action in business, really, really more than any other place it was it was understanding marketing. You know how do how do we spread the word? How do we help people? How do we take the the, the fruitful message to the to the to the world? Uh, more than I was like interested in actuarial tables and science of insurance and you know what I mean. I'm, I, I found a place in that business that I could be comfortable and find joy and happiness and move things forward. And so like my marketing stuff in the insurance world led me to writing books and podcasting and doing all this stuff just about marketing, where that's not really insurance, but it was just that this byproduct came from, it was close to the proximity, it was what I, nearby what I was doing already. So you know, looking back in your career, you might say, well, there's you know, certain things you want to let go of, but there may be other elements that end up being like, oh, but I was really good at this, or I really enjoyed this part of my job. Well, maybe those things can be can be expanded. And, and, you, and, and, and the greater point is that you, you're looking close, right? The, there was another Earl Nightingale phrase was explore your own, your acres of diamonds. There was a story about the guy wants diamonds and he's on his land in South Africa or something like that. I, I don't remember all the details, but he sells his farm, says, I'm going to go around the world and I'm going to search for diamonds. And he ends up coming back home in the end where he didn't really find the diamonds out there like he anticipated and he sees his old house and he they have this diamond factory or whatever he ends up <clears throat> the, the greater point of the story is that he had diamonds lo- locally close by he didn't need to run around the world and and the, the the moral of the story is look look close so what what value is nearby uh, and I and I think that's you know certainly uh, again a, f- a fr- fruitful target rich environment for for pursuit of meaning and, and things that you might do. I guess the last thing I'd say about this this chapter is just want to also highlight again this idea of applied skills. You know what are the things that only you can do, right? Um, that's really important. I, I think people it's just there's a tendency in this world because we're we so focused on the zero sum games like you know who wins the Super Bowl and not acknowledging the fact that there's actually each individual person has a ton of things that they can contribute and it's not a zero it's not a zero sum game everyone has the possibility of contributing something that raises the overall value of society and, and you know joy in the world and life and you know pers- moves the humans forward you don't have to be the only person who climbs the mountain You're, there are a lot of mountains to be climbed there's there are a lot of good games to play uh, and being good at those things and then combining these skills oh that's just like opens the door for all kinds of good stuff you know I, 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 and at any stage in life right so I could even be in my upper 80s you know maybe my maybe my meaning comes from the way I bear something out maybe maybe it becomes from the way I you know I, I read books to my grandchildren or I do I there, there's going to always be some something in front of you that gives you the opportunity to, to bring to bear the skills and experiences that you have in a positive way or in a meaningful way to be able to just just to um, it, you just create meaning on a, on a local level and I just I, I think it's important to realize that it really never stops you wouldn't want to even try to imagine a time where it's like okay at this certain date of birth or birth birthday or this certain turn of the calendar I no longer have to worry about meaning like that's just never going to happen so given the fact that that it's always going to be important it's good to just kind of have in the back of your mind I'm, I'm always searching for this like what can I do how can I make a difference how can I make how can I be the best version of me today so it's it's good for the other people in my life and it's good for the, the, the planet and, you know, the universe? That sort of search 
even inside whatever the circumstances are. I mean, here, Albert, I mean, he was just, his whole world was closing around him. And he was in this physical pain, he was going to treatments, and he was dealing with all this uncertainty, and he had these good days and bad days. And it was just, I mean, it was crazy. But what he, but the, but the, but the beacon, right, the light that he could look to was, man, I love my family. I want to do whatever I can to help them out. I want to take care of them. I want to, I want to get these last pieces of the puzzle put together the best I can. And it meant, it meant something to him. And he did it. And he, and he, I'm going to spend time with these people. I'm going to look in their eyes. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to live as fully as I can. And, and it just, it, it, even in those difficult circumstances, uh, he, he did it. He did it. And it was because he, I mean, I don't know that he sat down and looked for it. It just kind of naturally came to him. But I think to the degree that we can say, hey, how can I set my sail, right? That I can set, end up in a way where I'm, where I'm, where I'm producing maximum meaning in, in, in my life. I think that's a worthwhile pursuit. And, and, and I think it has a lot to do with how happy and fulfilled we feel about the, the, the last stage of our lives. So, or any stage of our lives for that matter. So, well, hey, that's probably enough for today. Thank you again for listening. If you have any questions or comments, you can email me at ted at tedstevenoth.com. You visit my website, tedstevenoth.com, for links to books and articles and other things I'm, I work on. Um, and of course, anybody wants to read along with this this series of uh, shows we're doing on Downside Sooner Than Later, of course, you can head over to Amazon and uh, pick up a copy of Downside Sooner Than Later to read along with us. So, alrighty, well, hey, well, thank you again for listening. Until next time, take care, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.